Everybody want to hit him. First, I'm going to okay. start. You can't really be a Mac. You Are you a Mac? Yeah, I'm a Mac. Of course I'm a Mac. But you can't be no Mac. You got on way too much cologne. Way too much self-declared Mac. I mean, what made you feel that this was something you were an expert on? See, Vanessa, the reason why there's such a negative connotation of what a true Mac is is because you have people that's messing the game up. People don't know how to differentiate between a player, Mac, and a pimp. Mm -hmm. okay. And see, a player is a person who's sexually motivated. A player lies, steal, kill, cheat, or do whatever it takes to get some food. You know uh -huh. what I'm saying? Okay. Um, a pimp is a person who's financially motivated. A pimp ain't really tripping on sex. They want to get their paper on first. Mm. But a Mac is a person who's knowledge and power motivated. And when you have knowledge and power, you have the option to get sex and money at your disposal. So we have a lot of female Macs out here. Huh? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie Lee III. And I'm Jonathan Daniel Brown. And today we are joined by Phoenix and William of the Wine Cellar Media, um, the Black Podcast. Uh, we've had Phoenix on the show before. Um, it's a really great po podcast. I really recommend everyone check, in, check them out. I wanted to bring them on the show today because they are the world's foremost experts of talking about the uh, hellscape of politics that we currently lived in in a funny and entertaining way. So thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you a lot. And by the way, I really do want to stress how funny the show is. The, the <laughs> it is the Black Podcast is a show that talks about really heavy, depressing stuff and the majority of podcasts that you would listen to that talk about the subjects that Phoenix and William talk about would make you want to jump off a cliff. And they managed to package some of the heaviest shit going on in the world today in a really digestible, accessible, and, yeah, entertaining package. Uh, entertaining um, entertaining uh, podcast. Really recommend it. So thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, for even checking out the program you know like we are it's a very small program that we're just doing in this little bedroom here uh, i think that we have decided what we do is edutainment yeah. <laughs> education <laughs> and entertainment at once yeah yeah so you certainly have edutained me on the kavanaugh hearing because like to, i guess we we haven't talked about it on the show yet right I, we've actively we, avoided it actually yeah, well let's get into it you know since everybody's been every uh, sexual assault survivor in the U.S. at least has been spent the past three weeks being traumatized just for, you know, Joe Manchin or whatever uh, to go ahead and confirm him anyway. Um, like it's really like I've I know people personally in my life who have just been like their mental health has deteriorated. Oh, yeah. Family this. members and friends. Uh, it is millions and millions of people are are being shown the, the sheer sociopathy of how raw power in this country works, the lack of empathy for victims, the complete and utter, the complete and utter uh, you know, performative circus uh, entertainment uh, being made out of, out of everything from rape to torture to unlimited dark money. Uh, what, what's happened is a true disgrace, and it's really shameful, and it really just— I mean, it eats me up at the core to see not only just how, you know, the obvious thing is how incompetent these Democrats are that they they managed to let this guy get through, but also how, like, we seem to forget every single time that the Republicans are sociopaths who will do anything and everything to win at all costs. We always forget, and, and, and what happens is, is that there's this bizarre month-long process where everybody knows this guy's going to get confirmed. And for some reason, we, we, we are just constantly being given these little glimmers of hope by the Democrats. And it's all for nothing. It's sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, you know, I completely agree with that. And I think, like, part of the problem, um, you know, is that people get very complacent when it's not in front of your face all the time. But, you know, there should be no reason we would have uh, should have forgotten how dangerous the GOP is or how dangerous Trump is. You know, and like right now, it's interesting. I'm watching people like just freaking out on Twitter because they're like, but what What do you mean George W. Bush called people to get them to vote for Kavanaugh? <laughs> yeah. He was giving Michelle Obama candy. It was so cute. And it's like, 
Did you forget he's like literally a fucking warmonger? Like, well, yeah, yeah. We got we got too used to um this conventional wisdom that the right wingers are reactionary. <laughs> no, they're not. The Democrats are reactionary. The like the liberals, as we understand, and we're talking about to the right of progressives, the liberal, right, the Democrats. center, the center right. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, they are. They are reactionary. Republicans are proactive. They've had a plan in place for. Four decades, and they made it very clear. Lee Atwater and them folks, they made it clear, right? Um, uh, Reagan, Bush, Scalia, everything they've been doing has been working toward it. You know, they say, uh, what, 94 Clinton crime bill. Well, that was gonna happen no matter who won. Like, that, that was a Bush bill. It's just that Ross Perot jumped in and Bill Clinton got the election. Just, like, yeah. Yeah, just, was, just like Kavanaugh is a Bush appointee. Trump yeah. picked this guy as a favor to the never-Trumpers. He doesn't yeah. give a shit about Kavanaugh. Right. Yeah. And I think that's part of the thing, too, is a lot of this is um, people underestimate the apathy, like the emotional apathy of the GOP. Because it, it it's now at a point where they were going to get Kavanaugh in no matter what because someone told them no. And it's basically a bunch of old-ass entitled white men who refuse to be told no about anything you know so it's like of course they were going to put Kavanaugh in and it didn't matter who came forward it didn't matter what evidence they had and you know they want you to know how horrible they really are but it's like if you just look back through the history of this country I mean even before it was this country let's start with fucking Columbus right (laughs) the first thing he did he got off a boat and started killing people okay like you know we went through slavery we went through uh land theft uh with native people like we have always been run by white men who are assholes and i don't understand how people manage to forget this like it's constantly there's always something whether it's waging war on another country whether it's how we're treating our citizens whether it's the prison system whether it's um you know the way that the environment is being treated whether it's fucking putting you know spraying cold water on people who oppose oil pipelines it doesn't get better it's always like this but for some reason when you have enough you know netflix and chill or whatever people are like oh i don't have to pay attention and then they forget and now they're like how do we get to a point where this happened it's like um the same way we got to a point where anything else that's ever been bad in this country fucking happened out of sight out of mind Mm -hmm. telling you out of of sight out of mind like uh and because if they don't see it, then they don't care. It's under the rug. Fine. Not a problem. But then you keep sweeping it under the rug. And now you have a big pile and a big lumpy rug and you trip over it. And then you're like, darn it, what happened? And it's like, I think old tall, skinny, handsome Barack Obama was the biggest out of sight, out of mind ever. People got real comfortable. And then basically uh, Donald Columbus came out. And after that, and that's when you tripped over the rug and you fell into a new administration. And now they got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, that's putting it perfectly because this didn't happen overnight. Like this was the result of decades of the Democrats not, you know, winning seats, losing seats, losing governorships, mm-hmm. losing votes um, because of their own ineptitude, because they never want to move to the left because they wrote off like the entire South because mm-hmm. it was because they felt like it basically, and it's just that you and now you see the reactions from people and you know the first, uh, I, I've seen a couple of goofy people I I, I have to say I've seen less of this than I expected you know blaming Susan Sarandon blaming people who didn't vote in the last election play, blaming Jill Stein voters and of course we we just take a second to say that's completely ridiculous this isn't something that just happened uh, this took you know decades and people were warning you people uh, mostly you know people who voted for Jill Stein or Susan Sarandon. These people were telling you like, hey, this is not enough. You are not going to win elections if you continue down this being a Republican light Mm -hmm. because people will vote for real Republicans then and they they will get their Supreme Court seats. Yeah. And they don't want to hear that because throughout the Bush administration, that's another eight-year situation like Obama, they could turn away from any hard journalism like maybe Democracy Now! or something like that, and they could just listen to Jon Stewart and Bill Burr tell them how smart you are and how stupid the Republicans are and how great you are. So eight years of being told how great you are, followed by eight years of not having to look at the ugliness you refuse to deal with. And now put on your surprised face. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you said Bill Burr? 
Burr or did you mean you Bill, Bill Maher? Maher. Bill, yeah, yeah, I said Bill Maher. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Bill Burr. I would, I, yeah, frankly, I, think Bill I would Burr love to watch Bill Burr's uh, liberal talk show. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that shit. I mean, I like Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn. It'd probably be the same thing. <laughs> so yeah. let's talk. Let's talk about what you know the technical aspect of it, uh-huh. and basically how. Even like even though we're said, talking about how if this is about the failure of the Democrats <laughs> and the uh, you know malfeasance of the Republicans, at the end of the day, like there is literally a Democrat who's going who's voted, I believe, mm-hmm. to confirm uh, Judge Kavanaugh, and there's uh, Joe Manchin. All right, yeah. and the prevailing idea is that oh well, he's a red state Democrat, so he has to do this. And I, I just want to think about what does that mean. Is there like a big voting block in West Virginia of like the pro uh, sexual assault lobby that he has to make sure to win over? Like, I don't understand what it means that he has to vote for them. Otherwise, he's going to lose his seat. Well, you know, I think, too, that like, again, with their speaking of ineptitude of the Democratic Party in general, I think leadership missed an opportunity with Manchin in particular because a lot of Kavanaugh's previous stances have been very like anti-worker, anti-union um, type of ideas. And what I'm sorry, last time I checked, I think West Virginia is pretty fucking poor and like yes. their workers are in some fucking situations. So it's like they had the opportunity to at least in that uh, for that particular state with this particular case be like, yeah, we're not even going to talk about the sexual assault, but here's why I'm not going to vote for him because of his stance on um, workers' rights. And like, they really miss that, but they don't care. But then it's also like, what does it matter? Because Pelosi has already come out and said that they're not going to try to, um, you know, yeah, impeach him. Fucking, um, what's his face? Um, Schumer came out and already was like, well, I'm not really, I can't really do anything if they don't vote for him. So you can't do your fucking job. Did you see what he, he actually just came out. uh, He just gave out a statement a few minutes ago and he said, there's only one thing you can do. Guess what? Vote. Yeah. Blue no vote. matter. <laughs> you just got to vote, like, folks. Just keep saying the same thing forever. Just keep voting. Just keep voting. It's like fucking Dory, right? Just yeah. keep voting. Just keep voting. But, you know, and, like, that's the wild thing to me, too. So people are like, well, if you don't, then the GOP is going to win. And, like, if the if the Democrats are voting for Trump appointees, what is the difference? And give me something to vote for. Run yes. on something other than the big D by your name. Run on, say, if you vote for me, I will expand the vote and it, like make me governor in this state and you give me a, uh, a state senate and you give me city councils that will work for me and we'll get prisoners the right to vote along with you here. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- and not even just when they get out. They can vote while they're still inmates. Right. You know, run on something. Yeah. Well, they don't have to. We're not the, we're not the Republicans. That's what they run on every fucking election. Oh, like a reaction. Yes. Because they're reactionary. <laughs> yeah. No, it, you know, it's a really interesting point you just made that, that we call right-wingers reactionaries, but truthfully, they've been the most politically proactive group in the country for the last yeah, 40 years or so. They're the ones making the moves. We're the ones defending or trying to shake it off or even just going, well, we'll deal with it in the interest of compromise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, if uh, five years ago the Republicans had their tea party and they were calling everyone a rhino, a Republican in name only, if you were even – if you were a Barry Goldwater Republican, if you were pro-choice and still believed in unfettered capitalism, that was not good enough yeah. unless unless you're Trump, of course, because <laughs> there's no rules with Trump. But th- these people were purged, and the fact that the Democrats are not willing to tell Joe Manchin, look, switch your fucking party. You're not – you don't represent a, a single thing that mm-hmm. our party claims to represent. Uh, I think that takes the mask off. I think that shows the Democrats for what they are. Yeah, I think so, too. And of course, you know, they whine about it and they're like, well, you can't this isn't the time for purity politics. But, you know, it never is. That's the problem. And it's you know, it's never a good time to start drawing lines. And because they refuse to do that and all it's just lesser of two evils, lesser of two evils. Now we're here. You know what I mean? We have Democrats who, you know, on state levels uh, are not pro-choice. We have Democrats who are fucking voting for Kavanaugh, who's probably a serial rapist. I'll just yeah. fucking say that. Mm-hmm. I think the guy's. Yeah. A, I think the guy's a fucking serial rapist. I, I think the most generous interpretation is that he's a sex pest. At the very like, you, you know, take take away you know the the Avenatti stuff and what you know mm-hmm. Christine Blasey Ford said was 
you know, completely incredible. The fact that, uh, you know, that, 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 the, that the prep school kids all, you know, circled the wagons around Kavanaugh is something that they would do. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that there wasn't enough to convict him was never the point in the first place because he wasn't on trial. He was right. never under arrest. Uh, I can't believe that this wasn't released in July. I cannot believe that the confirmation hearings happened and then this happened. Uh, I'm blown away that the Democrats allowed it to get this far. Oh, I think, you know, I'm going to sound slightly conspiratorial for a moment, if I may. But I think that that was incredibly intentional on the Democratic, on the part of leadership. I think that it was absolutely intentional because, you know, as I said, like their thing is lesser of two evils. But every time you allow the GOP to be more evil, you get to be more evil, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, so as far as I'm concerned, this was leadership finding ways to stay in power because they're like, we're fighting, guys. We're fighting for you, even though they're not. But then it's like a hostage situation, essentially, because there isn't another uh, viable party because right. we, for some reason, have this stupid two-party system. But so in order for them to stay in power, they don't actually uh, – they have to have a, a justification for why they don't do anything. Right, and why and they don't like, win. Exactly. And this is their justification. You know, allowing the GOP to be more and more evil allows them also to get more corporate money, to be more greedy, to care less about constituents, to be more evil themselves. You know what I mean? You know, so I That's a great I, point. I, I think it was I think it was intentional myself. Yeah, the losers in Supreme Court fights <laughs> tend to do when these things happen, they tend to uh, excel in the next midterm, and they mm-hmm. tend to fundraise. But yeah. what's really weird is is that the GOP, the polling, and, and you know, I don't know what any of this, you know, everything, it's all junk science. But the the polling seems to indicate that the, the Republican base acted like they lost, like they're fired up, like they lost, and that's mm-hmm. what's so confusing. Like they're they're sending in money at the rate of they just failed. Like they're they're amped up. They're not acting like they just won. They're being extremely sore winners as per usual, and yeah. they just they just confirmed the psychopath. Who- I think maybe that maybe that's part of it. That's like no matter what, you cannot look at Brett Kavanaugh and think that man should be the judge of like a dog show, right? Yeah. Like he was exposed as a piece of shit. Yeah, he'll be on the Supreme Court, but he's probably going to be a sore spot for the right at least for a while because they exposed him for exactly what, well, he exposed himself really by coming out and testifying and screaming and hollering Mm -hmm. and being like, you know, if he was a woman, he would be called hysterical. Right. He he freaked out. I mean, I thought him crying would be the end. I thought Trump would go, that's a man, he can't cry. But Trump Trump loved the tantrum. He loved yeah. it. Well, because who does who else has tantrums? <laughs> and also you Trump know. Trump likes good TV. Yeah. I, yes, I can, uh, he does. <laughs> I, I can speak to something that was just mentioned there where you said the Republicans act like they lost. All right. Now that again um is uh, d- directly related to them always being proactive. Now, mm. part of my labor that I've been doing um so, because I like to know what I'm talking about because I am a fairly ignorant person, but when I talk about something, I want to have looked it up a bit. Um, since August 2015 and all the way up to March 2017, I listened to every single episode, which was six a week, all three and four hours of Alex Jones Infowars every single day. I listened to the whole show front to back and the advertisements. Didn't even fast forward commercials. You're a warrior. Yeah. And what I draw from that, the first thing I say is, um, yeah, he's funny, like inadvertently or on purpose at times, but he's not like some wacky conspiracy theory guy. First off, he's a professional businessman and broadcaster, Mm. and he is a neo-Confederate white supremacist that is an extension of the John Birch Society. Now, in 2016... Trumple Stillskin gets the Electoral College and he's Mr. President Man. Alex Jones, that following morning, his next episode was not celebratory. It was, now they're really going to try to get us. Now oh. it's time to buckle down mm-hmm. and go harder. That's, that's how you he, sell the supplements. Yeah. 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 Which, <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. And I think that that's an essential part of the Republican psyche is that even though they're not under attack, they have to convince their fan base that they are under attack. So they're always vigilant, always prepared. Because not only does it... Um, 
you know, give everybody a common cause to work for, which gets everybody really focused and makes shit super efficient because everyone has a set goal. But it also helps further isolate them because they're already under the impression that people are coming for me. People are going to try to attack me. People are, you know, going to say bad things about my president and about Kavanaugh and so on and so forth. So now they're willing to further isolate themselves and put themselves even in in an even further away echo chamber, which also means whoever's controlling the strings of that echo chamber is running the narrative right. and it's further and further detached uh, from reality the longer it goes you know right and 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 then on the flip side the democrats continue to silo themselves further with you know uh anything and everything russia anything and everything uh you know uh conspiracy foreign power hacking mm-hmm. they don't want to actually confront what the GOP is doing because all these guys in the end go to the same bars together afterwards. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, you, you, one thing, we had you on Phoenix and we talked a lot about, uh, the, you know, the repercussions of this FOSTA-SESTA bill. Yes. And, and I think, why didn't the Democrats bring up the <laughs> fact that Kavanaugh, you know, supports unlimited dark money. Uh, he uh, supported Bush's enhanced interrogation, aka torture. Mm-hmm. He did not give a shit about uh, basically any. Uh, you know, the, the right loves to scream about free speech nowadays, but the left has had their free speech under attack for the last twenty years, thirty hey. years, hey. longer. And, and and yet, for some reason. You know, it's almost as if these people don't have any fucking principles at all. What a shock. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they don't. <laughs> but but there, there's so much we could use to stop this guy. I think that what you're getting at, JB, and what I noticed too, is like they didn't really seem to even attack him just like as a judge. Yes. Like, why are you here? You've never tried a case. You were just appointed by Bush because you're like a 50-year-old frat guy who knows all the right people. And like, mm-hmm. that's why you're here. You're here just for ideology. There's no reason in the world why you should be yeah. on the Supreme Court. But they didn't really like really highlight that i didn't know he never tried a case until which, like two days ago which is astounding because now who was it? elena kagan remember yeah. that shit yes like a law professor absolutely <laughs> not and like that was the headline but you know again the democrats are not proactive they're reacting and it's they, sh- they should have been ahead of it like from the start and they weren't but this is the thing it doesn't matter because now you know, so Kavanaugh gets in and everyone's like, oh, Roe versus Wade. And, you know, some people are labor rights. OK, so they start attacking that shit. What are the average people who are not Republicans going to do? Vote blue no matter who. The Democrats fucking won. Democrat, Democratic leadership fucking won with Kavanaugh. Can't nobody tell me otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this conversation is making me wonder, what the fuck do the Democrats do? Like, are they just all having sex with each other and then eating cheesecake? Like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> what is their job? Yeah. So I haven't, so I have, I, I, I'm not original in this take, um, but basically the Democrat Party is not a political party. It's a basically like a welfare system for graduates from elite colleges. Mm. Like this is what they do. This is what this is all it is. It's basically like all those people graduate from those colleges. They get those internships with those senators. Um, Mm -hmm. They get the consulting fees when the elections are come. They get paid six figures uh, to lose. It's uh, kind of like. It's kind of like when the nephew of a CBS executive sells a show to them that never gets picked up and they, for some reason, get like a yearly deal and they just never <laughs> have anything air ever. It's mm-hmm. like this bizarre, like, it's just a, a, a place to give people money. Like, yeah. <laughs> Damn. And it's just, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, but, and like, that's what makes it difficult is that's absolutely what leadership is. And the people just refuse to see that and continue accepting the system because they're, like, I think it's hard to believe that other humans can be that callous or that awful, but here the fuck we are. Yeah. It's that bad. I have seen some promising stuff from people that I would call closer to the normie side of the left. And Mm -hmm. some people are, they're basically saying like, these systems are broken. These Mm. systems are based upon the words of slave owners. This system is completely fucked up because with the Kavanaugh thing, it's just, it's just uh, Trump's one gift to us is that he just exposes all of this. Like you can't deny, you cannot look at this and think that the the, the Supreme court is like a good idea. Mm -hmm. Like our solution shouldn't be like, you know, figuring out how to pack the court somehow in the next 50 years in case some of these people start dying off. Now we got to abolish it. We got to abolish 
it's just the Supreme. We court. don't need a Supreme Court. It's the right. least democratic part of the country hmm. uh, by far. I mean, because these are people who are accountable to nobody. Right. They are appointed for life. And there is this absurd farce that we are taught that the Supreme Court is an apolitical organization, that mm-hmm. uh, the judges who are appointed for life are not partisan. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, I think that's enough. A, I mean, what William said the other day, what did you say? You said that um, basically Kavanaugh was going to get elected to the smallest Senate uh, Senate committee in the country or something? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a micro-Congress with, forget no term limits, no terms. <laughs> I mean, God, you know, you'd think that maybe people would notice that there's a systemic problem when they're begging, you know, 97-year-old Ruth Bader Ginsburg not to die. Like, it's, that's... That's our plan. Right. Your entire plan is to keep this elderly person, like, in power. That's insane. And did you guys see the video? Like, it was like a, it was like a cheer up, guys, don't worry about Ruth video where it, like, showed her exercising and whatnot. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I saw it on the face booze. Oh, God. Like, yeah, the the RBG worship uh, that that became, like, kind of a staple of the Obama administration, like, Mm -hmm. I understand now why it became a thing. Because, uh... They need her, and but when all of your hopes are, are essentially pinned on on God, you know, even just watching these hearings, it's like you're at a senior citizen home. Like uh, yeah. the youngest person is Susan Collins; she's sixty seven. It, it's and and Man. they're all so old, and they're all so out of touch, and they're all so rich, and they're mm-hmm. all so fucking bigoted. And yeah, I just I think it was just so stomach churning. I and um. <laughs> Yeah, and I just I don't know. I I I just I guess my frustration is that like I don't know how to make people pay attention cuz mm. it's always been like this and people are like what is happening? I'm like no, this guys, it's always been like this. It's been really bad for yeah. a really long time. And pe- and people say when you say when people say stuff like that, people will respond like, "Oh, what you're going to be mad at people now that they're, you know, getting below- involved and now they care." Like it's not that simple because as soon as another democrat is president, like we're going to go back to the same shit and mm. things aren't going to get better. So it is important to point out to people that like it was just as bad under Obama. It's yeah. going to be just right. as bad under Cory Booker. It's mm. not about it's not about mm. alien. And, and, you know, truthfully, I do think that a lot of people on the left, uh, both uh, individually and institutionally, have terrible bedside manner with new recruits. Yeah. But a big reason why. People on the left are so skeptical when there are these waves of new people that join. Like, you know, now I realize why people were so sketchy towards me when I started showing up after to all these meetings after Bernie Sanders <laughs> popped up is because that's how co-option occurs. You get mm-hmm. like, you know, a, a millions of new voices that are excited to pop in and it's very easy to manipulate that while people are politically malleable. So, you know, there's a lot of distrust and – how do you know the question is how do you build enough trust to build a coalition to take these fuckers down? And you know, I'm not the guy with the answer. I'm the guy who talks about video games and movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think honestly, I think we should do what the Republicans did. Fuck mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, and I think a big thing too is everyone is so focused on like federal shit. And I understand the impact, but it's like, but do you know what your school board is doing? Mm. Yeah. Like, do you know who your county sheriff is and what their policies are? Like, how do how does your local sheriff feel about stop and frisk? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, we need to start putting people in, in my opinion, we need to start putting people in local shit and let them build up. And as they build up and get more um, political experience and credibility, let them move up. And yeah, it's going to take the same as it did with the fucking Republicans. It's going to take 50 goddamn years, but it will be worth it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And like... Yeah, start small and keep letting people grow. But here's the thing is we have to run people as independents because the current system isn't going to work. And I think that's something people don't want to acknowledge is that, like, it doesn't fucking matter what happens with Kavanaugh. If Roe versus Wade gets repealed, fucking everyone who voted for him is either a man or too old to get pregnant. They don't give a fuck. Okay, you know, and it's like that is something that should be considered. And, you know, I made, I made a Twitter thread. People are upset as, as it tends to go. But I said, I, you know, it's amazing to me looking at these people who are mad about Kavanaugh, but haven't really um, been speaking about like the same issues as they've been happening. Like, you know, Planned Parenthood and reproductive rights have been under attack for decades, yeah. right? There's what, like fucking one abortion clinic in Mississippi, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, Mike Pence, when he was governor of Indiana, he was trying to cut funding to clinics. Like he ha- he 
start, I said this during the election, Mike Pence enabled an entire fucking HIV epidemic in Indiana and nobody talks about it, mm. you know, because of shit like this. And it's like. It's, it's so <laughs> absurd how regressive when it comes to health these people are. It's they wild. Don't, they don't know a thing that, you know, they, 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 they don't know a thing about medicine. No. No. Uh, you mentioned Planned Parenthood and Planned Parenthood, unfortunately, in 2017, they gave Susan Collins the Barry Goldwater Award for pro-choice Republicans. Yep. Planned Parenthood, just like don't give any awards to Republicans anymore. <laughs> like, the Barry Goldwater Republican, the the pro-choice libertarian, they're dead. Mm-hmm. They don't exist. Mm-hmm. They have no power. Uh, they're on Reddit. That's it. They're not yeah. real people. <laughs> like, I don't understand uh, why Democrats have this charitable myth of the, you know, the the pro-social freedom Republican who is economically, fiscally conservative, but is otherwise, you know, motherfucking Teresa or something. It makes, th- these aren't real people. I'm Man, just, yeah. yo, that's because the Democrats ain't gangster. The mm-hmm. Democrats, <laughs> yes. like, really, the Democrats are 80s rappers and the Republicans are death row records. Mm. Like, the Republicans <laughs> don't give a fuck. Like they, they are there. The Republicans are niggas with attitude, quite frankly. And like, and Donald Trump is like the main one. Like when he, when he came down that escalator, that was like Tupac getting out of prison. Like that is what that was. And the Democrats weren't ready for it. The Democrats are still like, but a vote, vote, a vote into the polls. And they're like, no, nigga, we don't do that no more. Cause. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but no, yeah. you're right in, in that. Democrats, when they, you know, when they do try to play games, they mm-hmm. they tend to create uh, social chaos among partisan lines. Like yeah. the, the, the the big thing that a lot you, you know you saw this with Hirano and a few other uh, and Gillibrand and a few other like pr- very prominent Democratic senator women, where they instead make this about men versus women, which I just think is so stupid mm-hmm. because I think. If you're like a good man, you're going to be disgusted with Kavanaugh too. And that's millions and millions of good dudes are going like, this is fucking awful. And more importantly, like um, for uh, the majority of white women uh, vote Republican. Right. So right. like you're not winning them over by saying, like I saw this ad today, like this horrible, horrible ad, like from a mother's perspective, from like, I forget, some kind of Catholic League associated thing mm-hmm. where they showed all these, you know, boys growing up and like they're talking to mo- mothers. It's called From Mothers for Kavanaugh or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you grow up, you, t- you teach him to do what's right. You t- train him to be, you know, like a strong, noble man. And then something like this happens and then they show Kavanaugh crying. And it's like, Damn. Damn. that Damn. is where their mind is at. Yeah. They, there is not, well, they're, Go ahead. I think that, like, you need, like, we need to just, like, be, and this is something that really does piss me off about Democrats, is, like, this trying to reach across the aisle. You cannot win these people back. They do not want to be won back. It's Stop over. Stop fucking doing it. Yeah. But, like, Republicans, like, white women who are Republicans, they are white first. White supremacist first. Okay? And no, you don't have to, like, be a fucking neo-Nazi or in the Klan to uphold white supremacy. That is, they are white first, okay? So anything they do, it doesn't matter if it's against their self-interest, it doesn't matter if it's misogynistic, it doesn't matter if it's anti-science or whatever, they will and they will always be white first. So of course they're going to support Kavanaugh. Of course they will. Mm -hmm. So And now Democratic women are pissed off about Kavanaugh because white women, I'm just going to say it, like to call the fucking manager and they can't call the manager because the manager is Trump and your manager doesn't give a fuck. So now here we are. It's, it's sort of, you know, something I've been talking about, uh, with a few of my friends is there's this phenomena over the past few weeks or the past few months of like, in the wake of the Kavanaugh hearings, you're seeing guys like Louis CK start to pop up again. And Mm -hmm. what you're, you're really seeing is you're seeing the central liberal establishment freak out that they can't actually cancel people for real. Just because a bunch of centrist Democrats go online and say, this person's dead, doesn't mean they're actually dead. And so it's like, we've reached like the limits of what we can do online to stop these people. And Mm -hmm. it's a scary thing. Uh, you know, you know, one thing I mentioned with, with, I was talking to to my girlfriend about this and I I have this theory that I've been, you know, and you can cut this if you're uncomfortable with this, Leslie, but I've had this theory for a while that if 2016, the election ended up being a referendum on the behavior of white men, then 2020 is going to be about the 53%. It's going to be the white women apocalypse. Susan Collins, I feel, just elected herself the leader of like the 
like the feminist white supremacy movement, like in, mm-hmm. in a way, like she has become like uh, watching her speech where she talked about how she knew that Kavanaugh would uphold Roe versus Wade and how Republican Supreme Court justices have historically protected women's right to choose. It was like, it was like watching an alien speech. These weren't, this, it was just nothing she said was real. It was a, like half an hour straight of just pure lies and bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she did it all under the guise of, you know, using like lots of like intersectional liberal buzzwords because that's yeah. what she does. So all I would have to say basically is that I'm so glad that John McCain is dead <laughs> because this yeah. whole thing would be so much more insufferable. It's like uh-huh. the old maverick is he? Will he or won't he vote to confirm a guy who's exactly like him in every yeah, way? Yeah, exactly. Well, they just they just replaced. They just had Flake do that though. Like nothing changed. Just the guy changed. Like if if Flake played McCain, mm-hmm. you know, like. <laughs> Flank did this, like, fake empathy thing, like, oh, I really care about these women stopping me in the elevator. No, you fucking don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. You never fuck. I'm not going to lie. My favorite part about the fact that it was Flake doing this is, like, nigga, I remember all those headlines about your badass kids. Shut the fuck up. You're going to vote for Kavanaugh because he is what your children will be in 60 years. Yeah. Get the whole fuck out of it. Which, like, I don't know if people know, but, like, one of his kids is, like, into the, the whole gaming thing and his, uh like, gamer tag was nigger killer. Yeah. One of his yeah. kids Christ. got, like. I did not his, know that. Yeah, no, like, one of his kids on got, it. like, yeah, one of his kids got, like, arrested for killing dogs and shit. Like, yeah. one of his kids said some, like, anti-Semitic shit. Like, he got mad at somebody online and was, like, what, talking about, what like. Is it, what is it with Republicans and dog torture? That's Huckabee, too. Um, Huckabee's kid killed a dog also. What the fuck? And uh, Bishop Willard Mittens Romney with the dog on the car. That's right. What the hell? (laughs) Because dogs, I think, are part of this, like, American culture. They're like, they're everything good and pure in the world. Republicans are like, ha, 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 watch this. Yeah, let's strap it to the roof of a car. (laughs) But again, because they're fucking gangster like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're And I bet you still vote, and their base will still come out and vote for them. What you gonna do? And Democrats are still gonna be polite to them. Mm -hmm. Like, if they would just get gangster back, like, Punch a punch one in the face. You'll 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 spend an well, hour in the clink, but you'll get you'll rally your troops. Right, now, William. I'm sorry. I have to disagree. I think if the Democrats can reach across the aisle to the uh, <laughs> upper middle class dog moms of America, you have no idea how much those women love their little dogs. Okay, <laughs> if we can if we can get these stories out, we can win them over. They'll leave white supremacy behind because they love those damn dogs more than anything else. You can get the entire internet to blow up when United Airlines breaks someone's guitar. So, oh, yeah, I'd like to think that. Uh, I'd like to think that the animal killing would get people, but but God, no, I just no. If there's a way they can spin out of it, they will. <laughs> All right, so um, Phoenix, the last time we had you on, um, we had you on to talk about the uh, Fosta uh, Sesta, um, yes, you know, yes. bill, and I want you, you know, come give us some update. Um, has it been, you know, fixed? Uh, has it gotten better? Have the <laughs> Democrats rallied to, you know, repeal these terrible things? Uh, well, as usual, the Democrats ain't doing shit. They had a sit-in. Um, they had a sit-in, yeah, they had a sit-in, right. Um, I don't know, Kamala Harris is somewhere doing the Wakanda salute right now, so I guess that's important. Um, <laughs> Officer Harris. <laughs> so that's actually, I don't know, that's going to fix the problem or something. I don't know. Um, no, actually, things have gotten worse. There has been an increase of sex workers who have been forced to work outdoors. Um, I don't know, um, like, what national stats or state stats are going to look like in a year or two from now, but I can tell you being in several sex worker circles on social media that the amounts of um, violence sex workers have been facing has dramatically increased uh, in the last few months. Um, police agencies are saying that they can't find traffic victims anymore. Um, they've really? been... D- yeah, I know, right? Right? You take away the place where people are being trafficked and suddenly it's hard to find them. Who would have fucking thought? And, um, yeah, they keep doing the stings. Like, this is the time we just finished the sting season, and they got, I think, four children across the country. So, um, that's really not going very well. And oh, um, so, all of this for, uh, just to be clear, so this bill was, you know, proposed to uh, fight, you know, sex trafficking, specifically of children. Yes. And this, their operation has uh, helped four children so far yes. while putting. Um, tens of thousands of women in greater harm. Yeah, but, yes. and by the way, uh, if you go to parts of LA where historically 
there were more street walking in the past, people mm-hmm. are com- people are coming back. Like yep. it's yeah, street walking is making a return. Yeah. And that's because, you know, the rise of homelessness and the fact that there is nowhere safe for these uh the sex workers to go online. Mm-hmm. There's no if they can't protect themselves, they're gonna, you know, the, the, the pimps are gonna come back into business. It's it's just yep. an absolute travesty. Oh, they already are. Like, well, they're, yeah, they're contacting so people. Tariq Nasheed's got to get his old job back. Basically. <laughs> oh. Basically. It's um, no secret. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was Which, he really? I mean, it, it, yeah. yeah. I think it explains yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, it explains yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, and you know, just something like to keep an eye on, especially like on a local level, if you start seeing more like, um, public nuisance type laws, nuisance types of laws, that's because of the increase in sex workers being on the street. So now you're seeing all these new city ordinances about, um, people can only be here from a certain time to a certain time, um, more police in certain areas, more, uh, it's easier to get like noise complaints or loitering complaints. That's because of sex workers working in areas because of SESTA-FOSTA. So that really goes to tell you that this is not about um, helping women who are in the industry who want to get out. This is not about helping people who have been trafficked. This is not about helping children who have been trafficked. This is about punishing people in the sex trade because otherwise there would be no reason to make it a crim- an additional criminal offense to um, be doing street-based sex work, which is already incredibly dangerous. Okay, you know? but if little loudmouth, light-skinned niggas like you would just shut the hell up and get out of their way. They could help them from having, you know, maybe like $300 an hour client uh-huh. and they could get like a one of those high McDonald's salaries. They could control the french fries. They could like, control do you the french want fries. to empower women or not? Yeah, the french fries ain't where it's at, B. <laughs> Can't trust these light-skinned niggas. <laughs> but no, and it's like, you know, they keep pushing these ideas and we've seen already the effects and I haven't seen anyone talk about repealing it seriously. However, I have seen two senators try to expand SESTA-FOSTA. Manchin, who we discussed earlier, wants to expand it to include drug trafficking as well. So if you text or if you like email your weed man or you private message your weed man, that's you. That's who he's looking at. Um, which, by the way, can I just, going back to Kavanaugh for the quickest of moments, can oh, I point yeah, out please. that the due to support, Manchin supported SESTA-FOSTA, he wants to increase it for drug trafficking because West Virginia is hit by an opioid crisis, and then he voted to confirm a guy who's anti-labor unions and living wages. How Joe do Manchin, you see Joe this? Manchin is the, one of the, I think, probably the biggest piece of shit in the world, because... I mean, remember, this is the guy whose daughter runs uh, Mylan, the pharmaceutical company that is yeah, yeah. jacking up the price of insulin. So, so yeah. <laughs> diabetics and and people addicted to uh, to, uh, to to you know um, are, are, are diabetics are getting are dying because of this guy. Like th- yeah. this is a man who every day he's in power, more people suffer. Period. Mm -hmm. You know, when you hear so much about him laid out in a short amount of time like that, was that like 45 seconds of straight information on him? He sounds how Kid Rock looks, you know? (laughs) (laughs) He truly is like an irredeemable piece of shit, and uh, he will burn in hell forever, if if it exists. It doesn't Uh, exist. Yeah, but it's fun to imagine. It is fun (laughs) to imagine. But yeah, so um, so yeah, so he wants, Manchin wants to expand Sestafasas to include drug dealing, and then, I just forgot her name now... She um, originally posed something like SESTA-FOSTA before SESTA-FOSTA happened and it didn't go through. And then she supported SESTA-FOSTA. She's trying to do it again, except it's going to end up tying up with the Patriot Act. And they actually took oh, I language. I saw that. Yeah, they straight up took the language from the Patriot Act and applied it to like a SESTA-FOSTA type of bill that says basically we need to spy on you no matter what because anyone could be trafficked and we have to access everything at all times. Which is extra wild because they already did that cloud shit that was in... um like attached to a previous bill, which increased the amount of um, like surveillance that they could do on you. Because I don't know if people know about the Cloud Act, but basically um, with that shit, they don't need warrants to get your shit if you're overseas or not. So basically anyone from any government can put in a request to get information from you and without a warrant anywhere in the world. So enjoy your safety, I guess. Um, but yeah, so it's just, there's, there's a lot happening. There's yeah, a lot so happening. there's a Tech Dirt article right here that says... Uh, so it's a representative named Ann Wagner has been yes. leading the charge, and uh, she's trying to basically destroy all Section 230 immunity so that – I mean it, it, the reason it won't happen is because Facebook and Google are, and Twitter and Amazon are frankly too powerful to let that go through because it would um, it would force them to, to, to not be immune. But I, I don't know, you know? 
let's let's just wait and see what happens because yeah. also speaking of Sesta Fasta, um, somebody filed a formal lawsuit against Facebook because they said that they were trafficked via Facebook. So Facebook is now involved directly in a Sesta Fasta case, which is interesting because they supported Sesta Fasta legislation because they thought it would kill other social media outlets and they would be protected. So let's see how Facebook handles yeah. it. Yeah, I mean the truth is is that uh, what's you know why wouldn't Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg cooperate? They they clearly. None, none of these social media companies have shown any moral backbone in the last mm-hmm. five, ten years. So what yeah. would – yeah, why would they start? But uh, have you have you seen the sex work community figure out a, a way to protect themselves? Like I've seen that there are websites that exist that are hosted on servers in Amsterdam, for example, so mm-hmm. that – you know, and, and other countries where sex work is legalized and regulated so that sex workers can advertise in America without fear of their website being shut down. Yeah, um, pe- people are doing that. Um, I, we're not sure if that's going to be a feasible long-term It's a band-aid, solution. yeah. Yeah. Um, right now, what I'm seeing is mostly trying to lobby and educate people. But the problem that we're having is that people don't want to listen to sex workers uh, because, you know, there's all these assumptions about who's a sex worker and why someone becomes a sex worker. So it's very difficult to get people to listen. So right now, it's just basically regressing back to what people were doing in the 80s and 90s before, you know, social media. And it's very dangerous, you know? I was also going to say, I think it's also interesting that there is now almost like a digital uh, caste system or or like a, a, like a, a hierarchy, like, like these sugar daddy sites are the same thing, but they're for like rich women who want to do it on the side and they don't call them, they don't call uh, you know, having a sugar relationship where you get 500 mm-hmm. bucks to go on a date and hook up with a rich guy, that's not for some reason sex work. That's yeah. something else. Like that's just, you know, and, and like we, there's almost like a bizarre, weird, like like the more money you have, the less the sex work is considered sex work. I, yeah. Because oh, yeah. they're, they're more moral than you are. Because the mm-hmm. thing is, because they have more <laughs> money, that means they're actually a better person. <laughs> like you see how like you're yeah. you're having your struggle sessions while they're having their moral sessions. It's a prosperity gospel. It is a prosperity gospel. Yeah. Um yeah, we we actually have a term for that. It's called the horarchy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's been a problem for a very long time, actually, and it's based on how much money you make and how legal your job is. So we have um, like porn performers are up at the top, right? Particularly like well-known porn performers because mm-hmm. they are legal. Um, then we have people who do like the sugaring and like the professional escorting and the um, you know high end, if you will, uh, mm-hmm, companionship like- time. Then it keeps going down and down and down. So by the time you get to like street-based sex worker, you're at the bottom of the May hierarchy. I riff on that? Um, yes. I think that that's something I've, I've made like a short Facebook post <laughs> about this before. Um, like with the how pornography is legal because the camera's on, even though it's still sexual contact for money. And I think that has to do with um, men in this Western society as it has evolved and moved to this continent that like it's that obsession with having women's sexuality known and documented and being public knowledge. If you're just doing sex work behind closed doors and then like, you know, maybe one day you finish, you get your master's degree and you quit and then you move on. It's like, but the men don't know you did that mm-hmm. and they don't know. They can't slut shame you. They yeah. can't locker room talk you. And then what if some guy marries you and has kids with you, but you are a sex worker? Oh no. But if it's on camera and it's pornography, then everyone knows and a man can make an informed decision because, you know, she might be worn out. You know how vaginas get damaged. There's no elasticity yeah. there. Well, and, yeah. and the way that liberals, you know, react when, they, when they're dealing with sex work, you know, uh, y- y- there's like two ways that I've noticed. When, when, you, when, when liberals talk to independent sex workers, there's the – there's like sort of the, ooh, this is exciting and almost mystic and magical and I want to mm-hmm. learn everything and everything. And then there's the, I feel so sorry for you. Uh, you know, what did you do to put yourself in this situation? But there is, it's either, a, it's always a fetishization. It's never, yeah. it's never like just, for some reason, we don't treat the people like we masturbate to, uh, like they're people. Like it, it, I mean, I guess, and that's a byproduct of, maybe that's the, the byproduct of the shame that capitalism provides the, to the, in the sex industry. I don't know, but like, it's, it, there's something, there's something there. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think that that's actually pretty accurate because, you know, we've covered stories on the podcast about that, like the teacher who did porn and got fired from her job because they didn't want her students thinking about her in a sexual way. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like, like that kind of shit. So it's like, yeah, it's absolutely um, a way to uh, con- to a certain extent control women, because this is the thing is how many people who are in the sex sex industry and are outed as being in the sex industry, whether that's like um, via porn, whether it's um, an arrest for working in an illegal type of sex work, whoever actually make it out of the industry, because at that point you have nowhere else to go. Yeah. So you're here till you die, mm-hmm. you know? Um, well, we can talk about one man who apparently I'm learning on this program did make it out of the industry um, and became a national bestseller. Um, the art of macking and the art oh, of Jesus. gold digging, um, Mr. Tariq Nasheed. Now, I have to say, I'm very sad to report that Tariq um, did block me for posting some memes that were on his <laughs> own website. Yes, Tariqisms. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll just read uh, one thing, you know, just to give you an idea. If you don't know Tariq, he's one of the most um, intriguing uh, men on the internet. I think that's the most, the, the only compliment he's unique. Um, I'll give him on this episode. He's one of Will Miniker's uh, favorite internet um, weirdos. Um, Gabe Pacheco, he, too. Gabe yeah. loves Tariq Nasheed. Yeah, so he, I'll, I'll read this Tariqism. Never ask a woman to do something, you instruct her to do it. Tariq Nasheed. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's just, and he, if you haven't seen the, if you can't see the picture, he's just sitting there with a very, you know, kind of smooth fade. He's got all right fade, a diamond earring, and like a shirt from like a P. Diddy um, video from like, <laughs> or, like 1997. Like my man has not updated his wardrobe since the um height of big boy entertainment um that's why he <laughs> bad boy bad boy entertainment he he looks like he came out of a time warp um because he literally has so he's, <laughs> he started off as like a rapper named k flex and his hit single was wash your ass <laughs> then he moved on to like a pickup artist type guy who posted all this Tariqisms. And now in 2018, he's like a woke uh, political guy. He's now. just he's, chasing the trends. It, none, it, of, none of it means anything to him. I mean, but the, <laughs> and the most yeah. amazing, and the most amazing thing is he keeps all of this on his website. He still sells the pickup art stuff along with his video about how global white supremacy, like he has it like how to Mac on Filipino, Pino women and uh, how how to fight global white supremacy on the same web page. He's still selling both. He keeps rebranding, but right. he doesn't mm-hmm. give up the money. Like, There's it's a, amazing. Uh, if you if you go onto uh, if if you go onto his Twitter right now, there is a twenty tweet thread about how uh, the Bill Cosby conviction was a conspiracy led by oil companies. <laughs> so holy, so shit. he's so he's bringing the oh, two worlds together. Yeah, uh, I guess. Well, the, you know, so uh, Felix, uh, you've talked. Uh, what, what's your take on uh, Tariq? Because I know y'all did an episode <laughs> on him, and let, 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 let's hear it. Let let, let 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 the struggle session listeners hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Tariq is on some bullshit. All right. Um, I mean, he's just like in a lot of ways. All right, so I guess what people need to understand is a lot of um, allegedly like pro-black um, movements, outlets, people aren't really pro-black. Yes. <laughs> okay, so there's a lot of there tends to be a lot of homophobia. There's a lot of misogyny. There's this like desire for traditional gender roles, and essentially they are conservatives. Except when you say conservative, people think like politically speaking, like these people aren't going to vote for the GOP because they understand racism. You know what I'm saying? Right. But as far as like other values, if you were to go, um, you know, if Tariq Nasheed was having a cookout and all his male friends were over, it would sound a lot like whatever the fuck Trump and Kavanaugh be talking about in locker rooms. Like right. I guarantee. Be talking about getting laid and yeah it would be you know and so you know they basically sound outside of the race issue they sound like republicans like you know there's something unnatural about i'm not i mean i'm not anti-gay i'm just saying there's something unnatural about being gay like you know what i'm saying or like um you know women should be married and the problem the the problem with our generation is all these these hoes out here being single moms and you know they need to get married and be respectable and have children and be stay-at-home mothers and um there's a lot of pro-capitalism rhetoric wrapped up in it right like you need to bootstrap and be you know be successful you need to build wealth right black banks 
Yes. Yes. And it's like, so basically he is that type of conservative and it's disappointing that people fall for his rhetoric uh, because he disguises it as pro-black, but it's not actually pro-black. You can't be pro-black and be anti-black women, right? You can't be pro-black and be anti the LG, the black LGBTQI community. And so you can't be pro-black and anti-poor black people. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, he says all this stuff and he's basically um, a street preacher. He's a hustler and he is a snake oil salesman like that's fucking Tariq and I can't stand his ass yeah and because of how Twitter works right (laughs) like you can like he has tweets that are like I have no disagreement with like Mm -hmm. when it comes to talking about racism and those are the tweets you'll see retweeted on your timeline and so you follow Tariq Tariq and then you get all this other bullshit basically it's like because of the way Twitter works and the algorithm works like his decent stuff will get seen the most and then all his sexist homophobic you know just garbage uh, misogynistic garbage will you know kind of be hidden and he's been able to build like a huge following Mm -hmm. on Twitter um, uh, in spite of being like a complete piece of shit I just don't understand why like the the pickup artist world still hasn't under like still hasn't projected the message to like it's it's uh so many of it's like desperate and, and i guess you know uh, on the flip side what 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 Tariq and what a lot of the hotep communities do is like they they send young dudes the message that women hate sex mm-hmm. like they send the message that like getting laid is like an ordeal having sex is something that you need to like aggressively fight for your right to do Mm-hmm. And I, I've just never understood that because most women are horny, like they're people. And this, uh, I, I just wonder, like, you know, if it has anything to do with sex at all, as much as it has to do um, with just control. Yeah, it's and- control. It's control. It's not about sex. Because, you know, there's a lot like going on there as far as the misogyny goes, because there's like the dehumanizing women element. There's the um, you have to like force them into doing this to assert your dominance in the situation. And then, of course, if you're under the impression women aren't enjoying it, then you don't actually have to be good at it. You can be selfish. Right. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's like the the entire thing is designed around um intentionally fostering unhealthy um, relationships with really shitty power dynamics. Mm-hmm. Tariq Nashi, he's one, I also started listening to his program um, around the same time I started listening to Alex Jones. And, and your uh, mind remained intact. You have one of the strongest warrior yeah. I've ever encountered. <laughs> and, um, and his is easier because it's only um, once a week, the podcast. He YouTubes like almost every day, but the podcast is once a week. And he started another one called Ism Radio Podcast with two um, uh, cis woman co-hosts. And uh, there are times like now, uh, one of you said he's always chasing the trends Mm. now way back in the wine cellar. And I like to tell people to check out the archives, but there's a point where you go so back far in the archives that we didn't have high definition audio yet. So get ready to hear some crap audio. But uh, it was an episode where he was talking about Taraji P. Henson and her appearance on the Stephen Colbert program. And um, and she was talking about how her mother was making it through poverty with her boyfriends buying the kids things for school years. And he like went on a slut shaming rant about that. And then he said, and women like Taraji P. Henson are the reason why they're poisoning the water in Flint. Now that was um, to around 2016. Now you fast forward it. And just a few months ago, like earlier this summer, he's on the ISM radio program with his two uh, co-hosts and they're riffing and her name comes up because she's doing movies and whatnot, getting proud Mary and stuff like that going. And uh, and he says, oh, yeah, I like Taraji. Like he just says yeah. that as if that whole thing he did with the Colbert yeah. appearance didn't exist. He doesn't and, believe in anything. Yeah. No. yeah. And I Absolutely. think also on the low, I think he reads feminist blogs because again, because I listen to him, I'm not heavy on the Twitter and he'll just be casually riffing and like, um, he'll say, Hey, but you know, Hey, no slut shaming. It's okay to make a hoe a housewife. She's done hoeing. You can make a hoe a housewife. No slut shaming. He uses that language. So I think on the low, he's reading feminist blogs and jacking language to to further pimp his audience. God, the, the language, mm-hmm. the language jacking that the internet allows for. I mean, God, I just saw a bunch of Republicans 
post like a hashtag she persisted next to to Susan Collins picture like the, the oh it, it's my God. like these when you when 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 the democrats deal in so many empty platitudes that it's just so easy to repurpose them to mean anything you want yo, mm-hmm. yo, she persisted man. can mean anything like, <laughs> so phoenix taught me the word meta because like I said, I'm ignorant and she's helping me. And uh, so she taught me the word meta. And I think that's an example of it, right? The Republicans are using she persisted that they jacked from the Democrats that they said because a Republican said it, right? Because Mitch McConnell yeah. said that. Nevertheless, she persisted. That's an example. Yes. That, yes. yeah, that that's pretty fucking meta. Like, oh, much man. like fake news is now a Republican thing. Right. It was a Democrat yeah. thing. Yep. We're just, uh, we're just passing these things around now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I think just speaks to how empty everybody actually is, you know? Mm, yeah. I mean, it's we're all just a bunch of Facebook statuses. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. So yeah. What, what, what's going on with uh, you guys, Phoenix and William? What, what's keeping you busy lately? Shit. Uh, like with the, with the program with or the life? Pro- program, with life, everything. Oh, Jesus. Uh, what, uh, two weeks notice. Did two that weeks, happen? That happened. <laughs> um, Congrats. Thank you. Um, yeah, so that's good. I can finally like sever the final ties and get away from uh, my foster care family because they're horrible, horrible people. Um, yay. I'm very excited. Um, that's going on. I'm going to be podcasting more starting an After Dark podcast. Talk oh. about like sexual health and things like you know the grown up wine cellar. Nice. Um, and then I think we're also doing yet another podcast with youngest child social justice for kids, um, covering some you know social justice news from you know obviously a left perspective and trying to that's really make cool. It that's an kids, awesome so. idea. That's a great idea. Wow! Like yeah. pretty much soon with all these podcasts, y'all are going to be uh, y'all going to be the new Elon. Right. And keep us <laughs> keep us in mind when you, when you guys are rolling in the dough. That's a deep cut. Yeah, but white people don't know who Elon is. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, don't worry. If you look through our stuff and have his name, we have a certain podcast episode title about him. Yes. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on. Where can people uh, find you and support you? Oh, it's uh, paypal.me slash phoenixandwilliam and uh, patreon.com slash Fund. Now, the Patreon, we have a few things that are patron only, but it's hard for me to do that because, like, when I make the program, I'm like, I want everybody to have it. And then, <laughs> yes. But, yes. Then that, that, but it, it doesn't make an incentive for people who are like, but what's behind the paywall? And it's like... Very little is behind the paywall. Like, we did, like, two After Dark episodes, and that's behind the paywall. And maybe, like, we did, like, five other episodes that are behind the paywall. And I kind of want to remove those from there, because I just want everybody to have everything. And then just, like, you know, stop by and drop something in the old, uh, in the offering plate. Yes. (laughs) That's that's the downside with being a... Being a leftist who hates capital is that uh, we tend to kneecap ourselves by (laughs) by giving away the stuff we, we should get paid for. But... It's well, worth it sometimes, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody will think of it like this. All right. You're not paying. You're paying to subsidize all the people who can't afford it when you uh, support them yes. on Patreon. Yeah. Yes. Please. So please yeah. do that. And of course, um, also we have winecellarmedia.com is the website. Um, I have what? We have a social dissonance page on Facebook. I have a reading in the shade page on Facebook, which is mostly the news that I don't get to on the podcast. And, uh, yeah, you should yeah. follow me on Twitter. I am really good at uh, pissing off Donut Twitter. That's yes, fun. Yes, you that's, are. That's something yes. I'm good <laughs> yeah. And we should say what social dissonance is. Uh, oh, social yes. dissonance, that's an aggregation page. Like, we barely put our own thoughts up there. We use that more, like, to boost cats that are talking about stuff that we think is dope. And our homegirl, Penny Loco, does most of the contributing to that page. And, um... And that that that's what's going on there with that particular page. And for comedy, we have the white on white crime page and the Becky Lives Matter page. Some, <laughs> of, the sto- <laughs> Some of the stories are kind of serious, but so when- y- y'all yeah. full on this week in blackness now. Yes, how many projects y'all got going? <laughs> y'all, y'all, y- okay, but um, we're not going to use black women for emotional labor and then brag about it to our white followers. 
So there's that. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's and, it. Uh, you're all actually good. And you're all actually good and actually, you know, care and actually have like good politics too. Like okay. I was so happy when I discovered your show because like I, I, as a black leftist, like it's hard out there. Like mm. because we have so many, you know, people who have like, you know, great conversations and takes and ideas about racism, but nothing else as mm-hmm. far as like yeah, dealing, or, or not just racism, but sexism. We, we we're good with dealing with the isms that besides capitalism and right. the uh, mm-hmm. and when as a black leftist it's like it's so refreshing to hear like other black people talking about this in a holistic way and analyzing the power dynamics behind all of this instead of just talking about the incidents or the mm-hmm. the uh, the effects of- right it what I really love about this podcast and I'm really glad Leslie introduced me to you both is. There's just not a lot of like, and and this is definitely something that both a lot of uh, centrists and you know fr- factions of the left uh, get really into is like there's a lot of grief porn. There's a lot of flagellating and and mm-hmm. suffering and going oh and like you guys tackle some of the heaviest shit going on in the country with with humor and with with intelligence and with like uh, just. It's a you guys do awesome stuff, and I want to see you guys keep growing. So anything you guys need, we're always happy to help. Thank you, thank you. Oh right, and I forgot to say my Twitter. It's Mm -hmm. at uppity negress, right? Of course it is, because of course it fucking is. (laughs) Yeah, uppity negress two p (laughs) two p's two t's two s's. Um, yeah, I'm there upsetting people. That's what I do. Yeah, I think that that's uh, and that that like that's um in continuity, right? Because I think one of the first episodes we did with you as an official co-host was uh, Uppity Negroes with No Cotton to Pick. Yes. Because the program was originally Father Teresa's Wine Cellar, and it was just me yelling about stuff that I thought mattered. And then <laughs> Fe- and then Phoenix tuned into a live episode, and she was like, I got some shit to say, too. And I was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. great. So, so, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, it's a lot of news, a lot of politics, a lot of social commentary. We don't do pop culture shit. Um, we don't do, like, I don't. We don't if talk we do, about we're like cracking on it. Like we did yeah. the Migos episode. We did make fun of Migos in yeah. episode. But yeah, so like we're not we're not like we're not here. We're we're not the, like the love and hip hop recap people. Like you know, if you want to know what's going on as far as sex worker rights, trans rights, uh, you know, racism, women's rights, that kind of shit, news. We we got you there. That's what we do. And actually, you nice. struggle sessions, homies. Like um, maybe you might dig that episode because uh, you say you like the program. Maybe you might. It's in the archives. It's called um. Not all black people are inherently hip hop, which that title is based off of a uh, disagreement I had with an individual on the World Wide Webernets. <laughs> all right, cool, cool. Be sure to check that out. Be sure to support the show. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Like what you hear, want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.